two lessons tonight. Uh, amount of bullets I need. Uh, ham. I gotta have ham. Mm. Can't forget the carrots. Mm. Uh, bull knife. I need a good bull knife. I don't know what a bull knife is, but sounds like it's gonna be a hefty knife. It's a knife for bulls. I. Who knows? Who knows? Could be a knife for bulls. Could be. It might be the ones where they, you know, they cut bulls' testicles off. You know, there's like places that are like eat animal testicles. Yeah, it's a delicacy. Yeah, I, I don't see how that's a delicacy. I mean, I, granted, in India, eating a cow is like, you know, oh god, it's like eating a dog here. <laughs> I imagine if if prepared right, it it probably would taste fine. I don't. Probably tastes like chicken. It just comes down to morals at that point. It's like, oh, oh they're testicles. Like, this goes against everything. <laughs> I mean, could that be considered immoral? I mean, no. I mean, like, back in the day, you know, well, even still, like the Native Americans, uh, they would use everything. I don't know what they did with everything. So when they killed an animal, they used everything. <clears throat> That's efficiency, my friend. Mm-hmm. Something well, we did not pick up whenever we killed them off. Mm-hmm. We should have learned efficiency before we got rid of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Lobby boys. Lobby boys. Uh, we uh, we try to use everything we got. <laughs> we use the whole animal. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we use it until it's, you know, it, it's a paste. You Chris. <laughs> Bad start. <laughs> Bad start. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Lobby Boys. I on? am Terry. And I am Zach. And Davies is absent again. Yes. Missed. Absent. Absentee. We're gonna have to mark him down. I don't know if he's gonna be able to pass the, the semester this time. Mm. We're gonna have to. Give him a demerit. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to give him a full desagulation. Just remember in like 80s movies, that was like, you know, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> I'm going to get a demerit. <laughs> I'm gonna, they're going to bark this down. It's going to be my permanent record. And it's like, that's not. <laughs> yeah, I remember the, the people uh, writing that knew it. <laughs> I remember the vicious amounts of seriousness that came out of kids. Back then, you know, just like, oh no, no, please, please don't put it on my permanent record. I, I, I didn't mean to pants Michelle in gym class. I swear to God, man, please don't put it on my permanent record. And it's like they go for a job. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Adam, um, you are, you have a lot of qualifications. It's just the problem is in second grade, I see that you pantsed Michelle Kaufman. I, what? I, th- I think we're going to look at other people. That was that's exactly what happens to people on Twitter now. <laughs> <laughs> it is on the permanent record. I'm going to cancel you. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I, I had some, I have some things to talk about today. Okay. Um, so you looked into your phone, found something real quick and you got something now. Okay. No. Uh, no. Interestingly, I, I like to keep up on what Netflix is going to be putting on their streaming service and mm-hmm. um there is a 
a uh, quite the collection of neat stuff coming out next mm-hmm. year. Um, some of it, some of it I'm excited for. Some of it I'm gonna have to to see to finalize any thoughts that may be running through my head. Um, I'll tell you what I'm waiting for on Netflix. What are you waiting for? 1822. 1822. I have no idea what it's about. All I know is the people are talking. There's a a ship out on the water in the dark, and that's all I know. You mean 1899? 1899. Yeah, it's right here. I don't know why I got 1822, but still. It's also the same creators from Dark. Dark. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I'm like excited for it. What the hell can this be? Um, Well, the first one I wanted to talk about, um, interestingly enough, um, John Eddy is actually going to be producing a Elvis Presley reimagining. Right. There's that word you love so much. Mm. Um, And it's about Elvis Presley, but instead he is a secret spy working for a government agency. Uh, And uh, behind the series is Mike Arnold, which is the same person that worked on Archer. So I can only take a couple of guesses as to what this would pan out to be. Here's the thing. Since his daughter has control over uh, everything, like, is this a sanctioned or is this just a, you know, Elvis and name only kind of like a, Bubba Hotep. This could very well be sanctioned. I mean, if I was his daughter, I would sanction it. Yeah, I'd be like, I've always wanted to see my daddy as super spy. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know my, my dad who, who his fame basically destroyed him as a human. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, secret spy is a little yeah. bit different. Okay. Maybe he can try again in the show. Mm-hmm. If only they could bring Elvis back to the voice act. That would be that would be cool. Kind of like Mike Tyson's mysteries, but you know. You know, it, it's funny that you you bring this up because last night I was watching clips of the the Elvis movie that Kurt Russell was in. Oh yeah, yeah. And nobody can, no, nobody will ever pull off Elvis like Kurt Russell. Oh yeah, now now I remember. Yeah, now I remember. Well, here, here's the, the cool thing, though. Of all the people that have portrayed Elvis, Kurt Russell actually acted with Elvis when he was a kid. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So he actually met Elvis. So I'm sure well, a lot of that had a little, little help with him. Well, that, that um, <clears throat> yeah, like like I said, uh, this one, it, it has my attention. I will mm-hmm. say that. It's whenever I uh, hear anything about a dead person, being a super spot, I got to get right on that. You know, like they mm-hmm. should have just made it about Michael Jackson and then Michael he'll Jackson, probably, like he'll a, probably like, pop up in <laughs> like a zookeeper or something like that. And I think that'd be cool. Cause he was already a zookeeper. So does it say it's animated? Yeah, it is animated. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's actually the same or relatively the same animation style as Archer. What they okay. were using with that. So is there any pictures or anything? There is actually one picture. It looks like that. Uh-huh. And I'll post that on our Facebook. Whenever I get home, it's, you know, noir-esque. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. Now, if it was like. It's got a bit of a Samurai Jack look to it. A little bit. A little bit. A little sharp, sharp edges. If, if, um, if it's like a noir, like secret agent. That would be crazy. That would be crazy. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be noir though, but. Um, that would be so crazy. If it is, 
it, it might be may my be, new favorite. It may show. be the best thing ever. It may it may be the best thing ever. It may by default. I'm sorry, everybody. This is the best thing ever. It's like you'll get to the end of the show and then you'll be like, man. Oh, I almost picked the wrong job line. He should have went into this. The second one mm-hmm. also has my attention. Um, they're they're going to be creating an Assassin's Creed Netflix original show. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeb, uh, Jeb Stewart, who is on board, who you may recognize his work from Die Hard okay. or Vikings. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing confirmed for sure. The only thing that is confirmed that there is... There is going to be a show, but mm-hmm. um, no one's really taken the time to. It's in pre-production. Yeah, pre-production. Okay. Um, some, I think there was a there was a small sub article about Jeb talking about maybe potentially doing something with Ezio and Altair. Um, I think they're referring to Assassin's Creed Revelations, mm. um, which is the one where you play as both of them. That that could be fascinating. I I would also kind of prefer it to be um, like the Assassin's Creed stories that we have out now, mm-hmm. the sub stories, um, I'd, like I'd, Assassin's I'd like... Creed Embers, Assassin's Creed China. Like they they had their own thing. I would prefer it to be something that doesn't involve any canon assassins that we have right now. I think it would be. Nice to focus on somebody new and original mm. to to get the show going. I, I'd like to go on record and say that I didn't mind the movie. Uh, I think they needed to find a better balance on what they were doing. The movie was fun. Like I was entertained. So that's you know number one. That's the type of movie. Yeah, it is. It's entertaining. Uh, yeah, it's entertaining. Like, you know, you get you got to look at movies in different ways. You know, when when something's supposed to be like fun, fun movie and entertain you then, you know, when it does that, then great. Um, you know, like they put a lot into it. Oh yeah. You know, it's, it's like, uh, unfortunately can't say that I had fun with it, but, uh, the, uh, the, the Hellboy uh, remake they did, mm. um, mm-hmm. they put so much in that, like if they would have pulled back some, yeah. like that movie would have been amazing, but they tried to put like, three movies worth of story to one movie. Yeah. It's so, so it's okay. It's all right. We'll yeah. get, get next time. Yeah. Get next no, time. I, I didn't mind it. Like, I think something like this would benefit from, uh, you know, like the Witcher, you know, series, you know, kind of get click along, click know, along, click along. You get to a tag along. Yeah. Get to, uh, flesh it out, flesh it out. Yeah. Flesh it out. You know, um, it is that time of year. It is mm. December, and mm. um, Witcher season two is right around the corner. Mm. So I'm going still to, to finish season one. Um, okay, do that. I'm going to begin my rewatch mm. here soon. Mm. Um, but I've always liked the the Witcher and how it's shot because it's kind of like there's a lot of back shots because there's a lot of conversation. There's a lot of walking right um, mm-hmm. between. Geralt and Dandelion. There's a lot of shots like that. I so, guess that's a character in the in the show, also. Yeah, yeah. You can, <laughs> you can if you just like imagine yourself just being behind these two people talking. It's like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I yeah. was in that tavern. I, I got you. Yeah, I was on that mountain doing that thing. Yeah, that they were doing. You I'm know? down with that. 
But no, it's uh, season two is going to be a fun time. Um, <laughs> this one mm. I am very excited for. Okay. Uh, because Boom Studios is going to be adapting a popular comic book series mm. that is Berserker. Okay. If you know Berserker. Yeah. Um, with Keanu Reeves set to voice the character. Keanu. Keanu Reeves. It's Keanu. Um, yes. One gets the idea. I don't know too much about Berserker. Um, I'm not as familiar as I could be with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I know enough about Berserker to see Keanu Reeves voicing the character. I think it would be pretty cool. Well, I mean, the character is like a beefier version of him. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Just uh, put it in there and you're good. Yeah. You know, if if you feel like you're going to, if you feel like you're going to, you're going to do a very ambitious project, mm-hmm. right? Like this Elvis Presley super spy thing, mm-hmm. or it's like, you know, somebody's just like, you know what? Why don't we take the Hulk and we make him blue, tiny, and angry? But he's not a Smurf. The studio will be like, um, well, you're going to have to voice that. You just go, um, we'll get Keanu Reeves to do it. Just start, done. Green light. <laughs> it had to be Lewis Black. And a, and a couple buttons on your Fitbit, and it's done. It's all good. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, um, yeah, you know, very minimal information as in terms of, uh, Berserker. Uh, I'm sure I could text Keanu at some point to see if he knows anything else about it. Yeah. Yeah. You, know? you do that. Uh, we'll see if he responds yeah. in the near future. Yeah. What if he well, does he, though? He, he's, he's big on emails. So yeah. I'll have I to shoot probably him get an email from him. I'll have to shoot him an email. Yeah. An email. That is an electronic mail. That is. Yep. For our older listeners. Yeah. That, For our no. older listeners. That's what that is. And this next one, Terry, I, I think you might be interested in this one. Okay. Um, I know David would definitely be interested. But I'm, I'm here. I'm so. ready for this. The Green Beret's Guide to Surviving the Apocalypse. Okay. Daryl Fannin and Sean Vance mm. <clears throat> are going to be going in. Uh, produced by Peter Berg and Matt Damon. This comedy series will follow Vance, who plays a comic version of himself as he tries to survive through various apocalyptic scenarios, including a nuclear attack, super volcano eruption, or, of course, a zombie attack. Mm. Um, so I can, I'm can, i seeing this the way it's described as an anthology series. Mm-hmm. You know, I see, I see the word scenario. And I immediately go to anthology. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it would be pretty neat. I, I mean, anthologies are getting really popular now. Um, obviously, Love, Death, and Robots. Um, American Horror Story. American Horror Story. Uh, Two-sentence horror stories. Black Mirror. Black Mirror is a thing. You know, you know it's it's entertaining because... It's not something that you necessarily have to dedicate yourself to because it's a different short story every episode, but it's it's got substance in there. You could jump off anytime. Yeah. You know, some episodes are better than others. Mm-hmm. Some you could skip over and you'll be just fine. It's Anthology has a lot of wiggle room as in terms of dedication and 
it's very flexible with people's mm-hmm. schedules. Genius idea. So uh, again, I, I see this as being an anthology. Um, like I don't, I don't really know how they could do like a show show. Like I see, like again, I see that word scenario, and I'm thinking, you know, I don't, I don't think. Um, I don't think Sean Vance is going to be dealing with a nuclear attack, super volcanic eruption, and a zombie apocalypse all at the same time. He very well could. Well, Peter Berg is involved. Yeah, Peter Berg so. is there. Yeah. Battleship. Well, Matt Damon's there as well. Yeah, but so in name only, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Most probably people. Peter Berg also. Okay. This next one I'm very excited for. Grendel. You familiar with Grendel? Yes. Grendel, yes. Um, yes. My, my storage unit that was broken into. Um, I had a Grendel. They left many Grendel comics. <laughs> they must not like Grendel. Um, yeah, um, Andrew Dabb is going to be adapting the Grendel comic. Um, it uh, follows a talented assassin who is looking to avenge the death of a lost love. Um, and I'm a pretty decent fan of Grendel. Mm-hmm. I get, I get down with some Grendel. Um, it's pretty entertaining stuff too. Uh, I'm, I, I, I've always enjoyed how like the comic layout's been. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those comics that, uh, the, the further along it goes, the better and better it looks, which kind of works in its favor. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, as long as you don't do anything fucky with it, this should be, a, <laughs> this should be an easy hole in one. Yeah. As in terms of. Don't don't try any don't try jumping through any hoops because you don't need to. Grendel's right there. You have the format. You got the blueprint right in front of mm-hmm. you. Just adapt the pages into a show, and you got yourself some cash. Yeah, um, it, it's going to be a good time for everybody. Um, but then you get stuff uh, like Preacher that you know doesn't quite follow the comic, but does, and uh, it follows the spirit of the comic very well. And you get get some gold. Get some gold, buddy. Get some gold. There is some gold in them hills. Yeah. Um, the Grendel will do nicely. It'll yeah. do very nicely. Yeah. And I saw something about that, but I didn't know like 100% what was. So this is supposed to be next year. Yes, next year. Um, and, you know, comic adaptation, like it's nothing new and it's like it works really well right now. So mm-hmm. like again. As long as you just follow the script, <laughs> Grendel should be an easy, easy in as in terms of show. And anybody that isn't familiar with Grendel or doesn't know too much about it, I, I think it's a really cool thing to get into. Um, and that's, and that, that would be a great way to introduce the comic series. So mm-hmm. um, very nice. Very nice. This next one. Um, well, I mean, you got... Uh like what they did with Watchmen. Like a lot of people watched the, the show on HBO thinking that it was like a sequel to the movie and it's not, it's a sequel to the comic. Mm -hmm. So like the events of the comic are, uh, you know, what is obviously in the show at some point when people, you know, get to a point where they're like, wait a minute, um, this character doesn't look like this and this doesn't look like that. And, Interesting little things like mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give away anything, but um, it's 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 a pretty good continuation. Yeah, you know yeah. it. You know they they 
took the ball, ran with it, knew what they were getting into and decided that, you know, they were in like, tell a story. And basically went, this is the story. That's it. You know, they tied up all the loose ends and if left it, if they wanted to, they could continue, but they decided that was it. All right. Yeah. Um, this, this next one, um, I actually heard back in 2020 that it was, it was going to be arcane, which is the league of legends show that's currently out on Netflix. Mm -hmm. That is making waves. Yeah. Um, doing very, very well. Most people that have been praising it are people that uh, have never played the game mm-hmm. and are like, you know, I don't know what the game is, but this show is pretty See, awesome. I know a little bit about the story. Mm. It, it is fascinating. Um, I just, I mean, I'm going to watch the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I haven't gotten around to it because I got other stuff that I'm trying to finish up and, you know, once Witcher comes out, that's going to trump everything. So <laughs> I, I, I think I'll just do it next year. <laughs> I think I'm just going to, you know, put Arcane on the shelf for now. Um, it's, but I am excited it's to get It's safe to say to with it. the reaction to it, there will be a season two. Oh, yeah, most definitely. So you do have that leeway. Yeah, yeah. Um, but on top of that, we're going to be getting a Magic the Gathering show next year. Um, this was back in 2020 that I I read that there was there was a potential idea more mm-hmm. you know, more of a not even really a concept but just kind of like a a dream as if mm-hmm. uh, almost uh there was a League of Legends concept and then there was a Magic the Gathering concept mm-hmm. you know and then you know, we got League of Legends but I didn't know that Magic the Gathering was also going to be coming to the table as well mm-hmm. um and it's going to be directed by Andu Padden um, some interesting of a writers, you know, you got, you got some people on uh, Nicole Duback, um, Dan Frey, Russell Summoner, um, Taneka Stotts, a lot of these people of which probably play the game to write it in the first place. Well, speaking of, uh, shows based on games, uh, Last of Us, um, Craig Mazin is working on that. Mm. If you haven't seen Chernobyl, um, he did a phenomenal job on that. Yeah, I haven't seen Chernobyl. It's yeah. it's really good. Based on that alone, um, now if you go into his back catalog of movies he's written, you, your mind will be like, how did how did the person that wrote this wrote this? And this is so amazing. So uh, opportunity mostly, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, like you get somebody that like he he's a big fan of The Last of Us. Mm. He's a huge fan of Skyrim, stuff like that. So he plays games Fallout. So, you know, could have potentially got a Fallout movie or TV show from him. You know, I don't I don't know. I know that you know, he's very much somebody that pays attention to fans like of course when it was announced you know fans reactions to things but uh still gonna stick to what it is he's doing so it's probably gonna be fairly the the uh um you know the story you got but fill in a lot of the the big gaps Mm -hmm. so yeah okay yeah 
All right. Well, yeah. So this next one. Um, uh uh-uh. You look like your head's hurting. It. I'll just let you know. Uh, so um, Tomorrow Studios, same people that made Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. Which we haven't watched yet. No. Uh, they're going to be doing a live action One Piece show. Okay. Um, uh, Mark Jobes set the direct. Um, it's going to be a young pirate captain um, going back to the, uh, you know, the goal of becoming the Pirate King. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, I don't know. Um, I'm not super all about One Piece. I get it. Um, I think there's some fun stuff in One Piece. Uh, difficulty to adapt to live action. Uh, I would have to see it. You have a lot of crazy effects and powers mm-hmm. that are going to be difficult to translate um, into live action characters. Um, I can see room for a lot of awkward moments. Um, especially if they need to cut circumstances just because they just cannot be put on the big screen. Um, I can see something like that happening. But, you know, with the complaints that we're getting about Cowboy Bebop of, you know, a 49-year-old man playing a 27-year-old character, Mm. it's... It's it's hit or miss. I I don't know. I don't don't see it being awful. Um, I don't know if I necessarily see it doing really well though at the same mm-hmm. time um again it, it's just something to look out for um maybe tune into um but i'll, I'll have to see more about it whenever we get a, a trailer for it or more of a cast announcement I'll, then i'll uh start scratching my beard in in <laughs> curiosity mm-hmm. <laughs> i want to see about that the art looks nice though we'll simple see. simple we'll see not too bad. Um, there is, I mean, there is a Resident Evil show coming next year. Um, mm-hmm. but everybody, know if everybody has been keeping up with the Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, um, animation that they did, people would have known about this live action show mm-hmm. that was coming next year. Um, but they are doing a live action Resident Evil show. Um, during the discovery of the T virus. Mm-hmm. And again, Resident Evil, it's it's a realistic game. Um, I can see that translating well in a live action. Yeah, you can. It's pretty real because when there's an outbreak, the people are just hanging out in the streets. Yeah. So. Yeah, most likely. It's it's a very breathable idea. Mm. Um, there's a lot of room to incorporate some cool effects into the big screen. You know, it's it's essentially just, you know, you're making a horror movie. Well, here's here's the kind of problem with it is the fact that um, whatever that zombie show that uh, um, was on Sci Fi Channel that I I couldn't I couldn't handle. Like there's there's not many times where I watch something and just actively hate it as I'm watching it. It was like, it was in Z Nation, was it? Yeah, it was Z Nation. Yeah, I, I hated every Ooh. second I watched that. Oh yeah, that's the one the the guy the guy's immune to the virus. <laughs> Um, the acting is so, it's so bad. It's so and, bad. And it, like it had a spinoff. Mm-hmm. It did. It did, it did have a spinoff. Um, I, I like I could not make it through. It was just like 
this is this is bonkers. My cousin was big into it. I, I, I discovered it whenever I went over to his house one a day and he had it on. He was watching. He was like binging it. And I walk into his room. I'm like, I'm like bug eyed. I'm like, mm. when are you watching? Z Nation is pretty cool. I'm like, what's it about? And he explains it. He's like, yeah, there's this guy that's immune to the virus and, you know, he's with this group and they're going to go try to find a cure and, and all of that. And I'm like, okay, okay, all right. But like, what am I looking at here? It's like, oh, well, you know, you got the zombies here. They're pretty cool, right? Yeah, that's my question. Um, what am I looking at? <laughs> it's, um, you know, the the zombies in the thriller music video. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's I think they actually looked better in, in the thriller video you expect them that they did in the... <laughs> Honestly, um, I was just in awe of, I'm like, I, I, I can't watch this, but I can't, I can't look away. It's, it's, it's so entertaining. It's like bad theater. Mm-hmm. That, that's essentially what it is. It's like they gave a middle school, the, the, the keys to the kingdom to make a zombie show. And mm-hmm. This is what we got with Z Nation. So, you know. So, all right. So we got that. And then we got, uh, which, um, you know, like I said, uh, Last of Us. So it's, I find it to be a bit late to do Resident Evil. What do you mean? It's just that, you know, like Walking Dead basically beat the hell out of everybody with zombies. You know, then you had Z Nation. So, well, you know, the, the, the zombies in... To Last be, of Us is a little different, but to be you know. fair, you know, Resident Evil zombies—they're not necessarily like they're not zombies; mm. they're, <laughs> they're infected. And, I mean, these these are still people that still retain consciousness, mm. and they're they're very sick. Essentially, like in The Last of Us, you know, they're you have the different tiers of infection, but most of the people that you encounter are just very infected. They're very sick. They're very upset. <clears throat> Excuse me. And and, and and considering that the the formula for The Last of Us took a lot of inspiration from Twenty Eight Days Later mm-hmm. and and twenty you know twenty eight weeks later, it, mm-hmm. it's it's not a surprise to see a lot of similarity in, in with The Last of Us it's outbreak is in terms of like you know Twenty Eight Days Later. Mm-hmm. But I don't yeah. blame them because fast zombies are scary. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like, I don't, I don't like knowing that if I fuck up on a stealth section, I'm going to like punch it, you know? Mm-hmm. I got to clog it. I got you. It's, uh, but I, I don't know. It's, again, it, it's one of those things where I got to, you got to look out for it. You know, you got to get mm-hmm. into it. You got to see what they do with it. Um, And speaking of seeing what they do with it, this one I'm, actually pretty interested in um, is Mike Flanagan and Trevor Macy are teaming up to do something is killing the children. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an animation coming. I, I actually, I'm pretty sure that this was announced back in 2019. If, if I can remember correctly, but we have a, a confirmed green light now. And um, again, it, it's based, of course it's based on the comics by uh, James Tinian, mm-hmm. the fourth 
Um, very good Reiner. Got Boom Studios is going to adapt this one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so Boom Studios is going to be booming. <laughs> oh, oh, I was like, I ah! <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, I know with with Berserker and Keanu Reeves and you know tackling something is killing the children. Mm-hmm. Very busy. Yeah. Um, but no, something killing something is killing the children. It's very good. Um, it, it's got a lot of. It had a lot of original source material mm-hmm. in it, um, but it follows a teen survivor in a town that has been ravaged by a monster who eats children. Sounds unoriginal, but just wait to the... Let me start over. <clears throat> just wait till you see how they make it original. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, <laughs> was going to skip over this one. Mm. But I figured I would just let you know um, that '90s show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew about that. Hey, you knew about that. It'd be interesting. Um, I mean, I'm not really going to say much. It's you know, Eric and Donna, you know, leave. They're all coming back to kind of do this thing. But we'll see. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see, see if Hyde comes back. This one, though, on the other hand, mm-hmm. Mike Flanagan is also creating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And let me just read you the cast mm-hmm. real quick. Samantha Sloyan, mm. Zach Guilford, mm. Igby Rigney, mm. Robert Longstreet, mm. Heather Ligenkamp. And Ligenkamp. Ligen, Ligenkamp. It's Ligenkamp. Mm-hmm. Ligenkamp? Mm-hmm. Oh, Ligenkamp. I've been it wrong my whole life. Mm. And Matt Beadle. Mm. That might be Bedell. Um, the Midnight Club. Mm. If you're familiar with The Midnight Club. Um, of course, Mike Flanagan is also behind Netflix's Midnight Mass. Mm-hmm. If you have not seen Midnight Mass, go watch it. Superb. Superb. Yes. I, yeah, perfect You know, word. he has two cameos in it. He does. He does have two cameos in it. I did not spot them the first time, but mm-hmm. I did the, the next time. I th- and then I was like, oh, it's, it's Mike Flanagan. Mm-hmm. It's Mike Flanagan. But the Midnight Club follows a group of five terminally ill patients. Um, at Rotterdale Home, who begin to gather together at midnight to share scary stories. Um, it <sighs> so it's kind of going to be like uh, I think I don't think I read the novel. I am familiar with the novel though, and it, it gave me a lot of um. Dead Poet Society vibes, just in terms of how they get together and do this thing. But it's not as sad as Dead Poet Society because it's it's scary. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Although I guess Dead Poet Society kind of gets scary. <laughs> <laughs> Is Dead Poet Society wow. a horror movie? <laughs> wow. Um. There's so many dead poets in it. All <laughs> <laughs> the poets are dead. Oh, the poets are dead. Oh, my God. Um, Terry, let me ask you a question. Are mm. you familiar with the three-body problem? No. I know about the three shells. Oh, yeah, well, it's not that. Uh, from the creators of Game <clears throat> from the creators of Game of Thrones mm-hmm. comes their most ambitious project to date. I don't know. Game of Thrones was pretty, pretty ambitious. It was, it was just, <laughs> it's pretty, that was pretty ambitious. Attempt, I don't know how you get more ambitious than that. Attempting to adapt the complex... Uh, it's so much gas stomach excuse me attempting to adapt and oh my god Terry I need to go to sleep 
<laughs> One more time. Their most ambitious project yet, attempting to adapt the complex and beloved sci-fi novel series that originates out of China. The three-body problem depicts humanity's first contact with an alien civilization. I am I don't even care if this is if this is bad. Mm. I like sci-fi. I like aliens and I like people meeting aliens. That's all I need to watch it. If if you would come to me at a table in a at a focus group mm-hmm. and be like, we're gonna be doing the show. We should do a focus group sometime. Yeah? Yeah. We should do a focus group? We should do a focus group sometime. About what? I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll work it out. We'll, we'll talk it out. out. We'll, we'll, we'll rent out one of the rooms that have two-way mirrors, which is kind of weird. I yeah. don't know why we have those. But yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's, if somebody came up to me in the focus group, right? The person that's running the focus group and was yeah. like, in a show of hands, who would watch a sci-fi series where humans meet an alien civilization? I, not only am I, am I the first, <laughs> not I, only I, am I the first hand that's up, I'm getting butt ass naked and I'm like, I'm going to run around the room. Cover myself in butter. I'm going to be like, yep, do it. I don't, I don't even care. I don't just even got care. your clothes off. Just rub butter. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you naked? Butter myself uh, down I, like a Popeye's I, biscuit. I, I don't know. But, uh, but why are you putting butter on you? Let's move on. This is how much I, I want this. <laughs> that's, how, that's how badly I that's want how it. That's how bad I want it. I got butter on would me. You, would you rub butter on your body for the show? Yes, I would. <laughs> yes, I would. Um, and this next one. Um, yeah, Terry, you like The Witcher. You like The Witcher. Mm-hmm. Naveed, I know Naveed likes The Witcher. But again, Naveed's not here. He loves all of it. He loves all of it. He loves all of it. And Declaim de Barra. Barra. Actually, it's Barra. Barra. Is going to be creating the Witcher Blood Origin, mm. and this is a and this is actually a prequel series that is twelve hundred years before the main show. Okay, but it will focus on the first ever Witcher created. Mm. Um, Blood Origin. There really isn't anything as in terms of the first Witcher. Um, there is lore around the first Witchers mm-hmm. and how pretty much their way of life was adapted from that point forward and how they um, not necessarily perfected the mutagenic process, but evolved it into what it is now. Um, So I can see this being very fascinating. Um, I, for one, have always been interested in the the Witcher ancestors. Mm -hmm. That's always been a big thing that I've had in my head to to write as in terms of like writing any, any Witcher based fan fiction. Um, I know that I've done stuff with ancient Witchers, but you know, somebody stole my idea. So it's okay. Sons of bitches. <laughs> sons of bitches. Sons of sons bitches. Of sons of bitches. And well, that was it as in terms of the shows, um, um, an honorable mention up there that didn't, make it into the list of course um, we're getting the last airbender live action series next year mm. um which i am excited for as well will it be fun i think it will be a lot of fun okay. i think it will be fun um okay. it's obviously not going to be the it's not going to be the same energy as the animation could produce um but i i think it will be fun mm. i think it'll be a fun time 
and I'm in love with the cast. So if the show is not, if it's off to a slow start, which I imagine it most likely will be off to, I think season one will probably be a slow start for it. Um, The cast hopefully will give it the backbone for people to stick around for season two and so on and so forth. Um, and that's what I have as in terms of Netflix's news. Um, mm. There's a lot of lot of ambitious projects coming out next year. A lot Should of be amb- fun. 2022 is going to be the year of ambition. <laughs> as if Game of Thrones wasn't ambitious enough. They're tackling my, sci-fi. My life is nothing but ambition. Nothing but ambition? Yes. Hot, buttery, <laughs> ambition. Hand-raising ambition. Terry, Terry you hold on to that. <laughs> you hold on to that. You, <laughs> you think about that when you get down. Yeah. Try to hold on to it. It's all buttery. I can't it's, get a hold of it. Ambitions <laughs> <laughs> get away. It's too much butter. <laughs> God damn it! Oh, we should have used the margarine. It's less. It's, it's less slippery. Um. So, well, what do you got, Terry? What do you got today? I know. I know you said you're gonna hear the episode. That you didn't really know what you were gonna talk about, but I'm sure you've got something. Some gears turning. Well. Zach, I'm glad you asked me. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, I don't know. The past few months, I've been thinking about uh, just pulling the plug on the show and uh, starting a new show called Lobby Boy, B O I. The cool way. Huh? And then just you know, sound as racist as I possibly can the whole way through. <laughs> You just rebranded Alex Jones. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I, it, I was watching a, a video where somebody was talking about uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. And like, like, like I said, well, we kind of briefly talked about it. Like I know enough about Queen to know how insanely inaccurate that movie is especially since like they were had their hands all through it. And instead of to me, like really presenting Freddie Mercury as everybody knew him, they just kind of pushed the legend more, you know? Uh, And then it got me thinking about uh, different things. Like, you know, like I said, you know, the, the Elvis movie, a lot of that's, you know, takes place like the movie was made before he died. Uh, there was no involvement. They got somebody that, uh, who did a really good job. Uh, Roddy McDowell, um, uh, Ronnie McDowell, not Roddy, Ronnie McDowell. Uh, he's a singer. Sound sounds a lot like he can pull off the rockabilly Elvis stuff very well. Mm. Um, but the movie goes up to the 60, the end of the sixties. So it didn't really get into the, the much darker, like later Elvis. But um, it's just like stuff, like even going as far as like the Conjuring movies. I know that's a wild turn, but um, just mm, based on real events. I, yeah, yeah, just like, you know, and to me, it's it's like I never watch a movie, read a book and really you don't really get any sense of who somebody is 
you know, like if you see the Doors movie, a lot of people are like, I don't know what the fuck that was, but that wasn't like Jim Morrison, you know, like, like if you even see like behind the scenes stuff of him, he was, he was, you know, clown, you know, having a good time. And he would have these moments of, you know, this and that. And that's what, you know, the movie focused on. Um, which is fine because I believe, uh, Oliver Stone even said he wasn't trying to make a factual movie. It was more of a, uh, you know, pushing the, um, the legend more, you know, keep, keep me kind of stoking that fire. But what annoyed me with, uh, the, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody was the fact that, you know, they could have really, really, really did something with it. You know, you know, Brian Singer directed it, you know, Brian Singer's a gay man, you know, he was closeted for a long, longest time, you know, and, you know, uh, very much this could have been something to, you know, like Freddie Mercury, you know, was always known for being bisexual, but, you know, he was, you know, he had a boyfriend towards the end of his life, you know, so they, they barely, you know, really touched on that stuff. You know, it was just kind of like a, you're gay, Freddie. You know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess the rest of the movie I'm gay now. So, <laughs> but it's like, you know, you know, but the, the love of his life was, you know, you know, the love of his life. It was a female, it wasn't a male. Like you, you always said, nobody could ever replace her. That was the love of his life, you know, and it, which makes him a, you know, bit of a complex person, you know, but Freddie was one for living life, you know, and you watch the movie and it's kind of like, well, this doesn't seem like somebody living life. It just seems like somebody that's so dour about everything. But again, just like Jim Morrison, you, you see like behind the scenes stuff of them, just like, you know, in studios and all that. And it's like, you know, Freddie's having a good time. Freddie's doing this, you know, Freddie's doing that, but you watch the movie and he just seems like, you know, like he was the problem. (laughs) (laughs) He's the one to drug everybody down, but still like, you know, putting a a spotlight on him, you know, Um, changing events around. It, it, it just to me for like anybody who, you know, who's gay or questioning, you know, their sexuality or, you know, their orientation, it, they dropped the ball with that movie. And I, th- I think rocket man did also, you know, then it, it's not like, you know, you got to jam it in everybody's face. Cause that's what people were afraid of, you know, but it's like, it's a part of somebody, you know? So why make it something that seems so, uh, Wait, oh, we're going to touch on it, but we're not going to, we're not going to do anything with it. So to me, biographies and all that, they don't, they try to keep that, you know, what everybody knows. Like the whole reason somebody reads a biography or sees a movie is because they're looking to learn something new. And they're like, in, in Bohemian Rhapsody, in, in the Doors movie, you learn nothing. 
like this it's all like you know tabloid stuff basically you know you don't learn anything and um uh, mark lanigan the singer for screaming trees wrote a book and um he just i, I don't know because you know he's a drug addict and if this is something to atone for a lot of what he had done but uh like he like he does not come off very well in that at all <laughs> he comes off as a horrible person but he's somebody who like you know it's like as he you know it, it, like if somebody made that into a movie or like a miniseries it would be like people would be like why are we watching this guy he's a dick you know like <laughs> like <laughs> Like, you know, he, like, the person that, um, that I think gets shit on the most in that book by him, and he even kind of at the end realizes how much he was shitting on this person was the guitar player from the band that made him famous, you know? <laughs> and, like, you know, like, he just makes fun of him through huge chunks of the book, and um, it's... And you actually learn a lot about like people he interacted with and uh, like he didn't really go into super detail, but how he would, you know, go places and get drugs and stuff. And, um, like uh, he had people living in his apartment when he wasn't there and they were like dealing drugs and all this stuff. So like, you know, why he's touring the world and rock bands and like, you know, trying to figure out how he's going to score heroin the next show, you know, like basically this is, this is kind of his every, every time he would go to a new city for a show. Uh, basically he would uh, get there uh, and then just, you know, do sound check or whatever and then leave. And the rest of the time he was there trying to figure out how to score heroin. That was every day of his life. You know, and then when he didn't have any money, you know, like, you know, he had, you know, convinced people to let him have some heroin or something, or he would just be, you know, all fucked up, you know. Um, like, if you see, there's uh, there's video footage of him, like, having a fit on the stage <laughs> where he starts breaking, like, sound equipment and stuff because they pissed him off. Like, you know, he talks about that. It's just, you know that's the stuff that I think these books need to be, you know, you, you need to learn about, you know, these people. Um, it's funny because like, if you listen to him and you listen to his, the, the music he started out with and even his, his uh, first couple solo albums, it's like very um, like dark, uh, like blues influenced, but uh, just really like dark music, you know, a lot, a lot of dark subjects and stuff. And, and then in the book, he's talking about how like, you know, he loves all these electronic bands. <laughs> it's just like, and then even some like, like he's done stuff with Moby, you know, like, you know, he, he 
record stuff with Moby, he's got uh, a lot of songs of his that have electronic elements, you know, he's just doing it. And I always thought it was weird, but then after, you know, checking it out and then him talking about like, you know, that's more like, you know, he was in a band that he didn't have much control over. And then when he did have control, uh, well, part control with everybody, that's when the band hit. And then instead of keeping up that momentum, he fought against it, you know, and he would fuck it up. Like he even says that, you know, the band should have been more than it was, but he kept fucking it up. And you don't, you don't get that kind of honesty in most of this stuff. Mm. And like, if anybody doesn't do something with this, like, you know, into another medium, they're out of their mind. And the fact that like, you know, the audiobook that I listen to is him, like it's him reading it. So you get to hear him like repeat all the shit that he's done. And you can just tell that like, you know, you know, he like he was a heavy smoker, so his his he's like and he's got a real raspy voice, and he's got that dryness to his voice when he talks, and like when the regret hits, it you can hear it in his voice. It's just not the rest of like how he's you know talking about it. It's like when he hits that regret, you know. Um, Jay Moore has uh, gasping for airtime, where he talks about the, his time on Saturday Night Live, and um, you know, talking about somebody that kind of squandered an opportunity. You know, he he's pretty like pretty open about it. Like uh, a, a lot of it, you know, he takes takes all pretty much all the blame. But then there's times where he he points out that like you know, if somebody would have let me know this, then I wouldn't have this. You know, um. But like, you never see like, you know, that, that stuff get pushed. Yeah. And I think there should be, you know, when you do stuff like that, there should be more, more honesty because I think, you know, people get more out of it. Uh, like years ago, you'd get these biographies and it's just like, you know, somebody sat in a room and created this person, created this person's life, you know? this is who it is and this is this and this is this. And then, you know, 30, 40 years later, you know, they put out a book and it's like, Oh, they were all fucked up then. <laughs> like one of the most telling things is when I was in a band and, um, they had, uh, the Norma Jean and Marilyn movie, which was, it was an interesting concept because they had, um, Ashley Judd played Norma Jean and Mira Servino played Marilyn Monroe, same person, just, you know, different names. But the thing is, is like Ashley Judd was before she had plastic surgery and, and uh, Mira Servino was after the plastic surgery, which really wasn't much. But um, like my friend refused to think that Marilyn Monroe was all fucked up on drugs. He's like, they would have never put her in movies. Now, are you out of your goddamn mind? <laughs> like he argued with me about this i said it, it's like i guarantee you the movie's not factual but it's like you know i could tell you that she was fucked up on something and it's not like it's a uh it, it's a new um new concept or anything it's just that's just 
that's what she was, you know, she was addicted to drugs and most likely that's how she went. And people don't want to believe that because they want to believe that the president and his brother killed him, <laughs> killed her. So, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's, it's the simplest answer that people don't want to believe is reality. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. I mean, well, let, let me ask you this to mm -hmm. end things off with what, if you could make, mm -hmm. Um, a series mm -hmm. on whether it, you know it's a celebrity or you know, something that's happened mm -hmm. that, that you believe hasn't been tackled enough, if at all. What, what would you? What would you work? What would you work on? What would you breathe life into? I would. I would do the Mark Lanigan story. You do the Lanigan yeah. story. Do the Mark Lanigan story. Into the Lanigan story. Mm -hmm. Right. I think I've always been fascinated with um, the Flatwoods Monster. Okay. Um, that's um, that's always been a really fascinating cryptid of, of mine to like to read into, and you can find many different types of interviews and um, articles written on possible sightings that people have had um especially that something that happened so long ago where you know there was a lot of um ambiguity around it you know these mm -hmm. children believe that they, they saw this this alien right okay. with, the, with the head crowned and and everything and the the fascination behind it was that you know people who investigated went back into the forest and to the you know, to the applicable sighting that, you know, these children had and other people had was there was sulfur in the air and various other gases that could have potentially altered the mind. It could have made you hallucinate. And like this was a this was a time period of of war and uncertainty whenever the Flatwoods monster became a thing and became so popular. So, you know, these children and these people venturing out into a forest with all of this gaseous material that's just floating around in their in their forest it it made for some interesting stories and, mm. and interviews and one thing that i really like um about flatwood monster sightings is that they're they share similarities but they have different encounters and, you know, and um, it, it it really the Flatwoods monster was never really like a popular thing. It was like, oh, I was abducted as like modern day alien in encounters. You know, we have today. It was more as if like you know, like I I made eye contact with this thing, mm -hmm. and this thing made eye contact with me. And the Flatwoods monster was very famous for if you made eye contact with it, it would give off this this aggressive hiss. And it was believed to hover above the ground. They, they said that I've never, I never saw its feet because it wore a very long skirt, but I know for a fact that it was hovering off the ground because it hissed at me. And then it, it kind of, it kind of holds its hands kind of like, kind of like a T-Rex, you know, holds their, their tiny little buggy arms mm -hmm. that's kind of how like they, they hang their arms and you know they give off this hiss 
and they start hovering towards you. That's fucking terrifying. <laughs> that's so, discomforting. It is very. It, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. I'll, I'll actually retract that. It's not. Okay. It's, not it's not terrifying. It's not, well, it is terrifying. <laughs> I mean, if if that happened to me, okay. it'd be terrifying. But it is. It is discomforting. It is mm-hmm. discomforting. Um, like if a human being did that, like in the middle of the night, you know, you're, you're going for a walk, mm-hmm. take the dogs for a walk, mm-hmm. you know, just enjoying the nice spring air. Somebody did that shit to you. Mm-hmm. I would be back home faster than the roadrunner can say meet meet. Like <laughs> it's the the flat ones. Out of all of like the cryptas that we had that you mm-hmm. have in um, West Virginia, um, the Flatwoods monster has always been a big interest of mine. Um, and I'm gonna do it again and bring up another Zelda reference because I'm famous. I am famous for doing that because actually, um, Zelda, yeah, yeah. Zelda. okay. In in Majora's yeah. Mask yeah. Okay. on the on the <laughs> the first night, if you go to Romani Ranch, okay, Romani the girl there mm. says that they come every every festival. They come mm. every year and and steal the cows. And she's like, "Well, not this time. Like, you know, I'm gonna take them out and." Um, I believe it's at six o'clock. It's it's late. It's, well, I don't give a fuck. It's nighttime. <laughs> All of a sudden, this this yellow orb comes over the sky, and then these creatures, which were direct, which was confirmed, they were directly inspired from the Flatwoods monster. They have the head crowns and all their arms very similar. As a child, the goosebumps that that gave me—I remember. Uh, I was scared to play Majora's Mask in the first place when I was young. Um, mm-hmm. Fun little, you know, anecdote about my my childhood. My grandmother would actually hide the the game cartridge from me because I was so scared of it. And then I would always find it, and they'd be like, "All right, oh, I'm good this time." Legend of Zelda, so scary. <laughs> and you know, just playing that mission, it's like this is this is scary, and these. This is what the, these people in Flatwood saw. Mm. And it fascinates me because, you know, you have the modern day alien, mm-hmm. you know, they, it's a very, it, it's pop culture at this point, you know, it, it's, and so the modern day alien has kind of taken shape into a very generic looking creature, right? You know, and I think in this instance, you know, you have this this idea playing around with a lot of gases hanging around in the woods at that time period. And, you know, people could have potentially been hallucinating or, you know, their their minds weren't in the right place from breathing in all of this air. So you read all that and you're like, okay, you know, these people are hallucinating. But the fact that they all saw the same thing, mm-hmm. but under a different circumstance that that's always fascinated me um it's if 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 you're not a a big cryptids fake give give the flatwoods monster a read it's some of the stuff that they um some of the interviews and and newspaper articles that came out whenever this thing was really making headlines it's fascinating stuff it was a it was a moot point in history that i I think isn't really talked about as much and I think it would adapt well into a TV show. We have a lot of source material to use. Um, we have a lot of personality that we can give this neighborhood because we know the general 
tone and feel mm-hmm. of the townspeople and how they felt about this entire situation. I, I, I think this would be, you know, I'm not saying it's a super long show, you know, just make it a season, just tell the story and get it out there. But I think you can do some really fascinating stuff with the, with the Flatwoods monster and doing a little TV show. That's pretty cool. Sounds interesting. Yeah. <laughs> see what you did there too. You're on fire tonight. I am a ball of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> ball of stuff. <sighs> All right. I, I think um, hopefully 2022, you know, if mm-hmm. shit doesn't hit the fan again, yeah. I think we, at least we got some good TV shows to look forward to. Um, or they'll get canceled. I don't know. Yeah. Because that's that's a popular thing that happens nowadays as well. So um, thanks thanks very much everybody for uh, tuning in today. Yeah, um, yeah a, I always enjoy everybody uh, downloading, listening, doing all that. It was nice. And, I, and again, we did a did a another nice casual sit down episode. Um, yes, yes. Which have been kind of nice to do, especially after you know long days that we've been having. Especially Terry's been battling. Fearsome cold over the past week, so <laughs> I know that he's, he's still maybe not all here, still picking up the pieces. Yeah, a little bit. And I am currently recording with three hours of sleep, so I'm doing great. <laughs> I, I I've had probably about that much too. I'm so. Do you feel it? Like I'm I'm starting to hit the red zone. Like I'm starting to get to the point where my body's about to not care where it drops. <laughs> <laughs> Which I have, I've done before. Um, I have. It was mo- mostly whenever I was younger and I was a big ball, of, little big ball of gas, big ball <laughs> of energy. And I just, you know, like whenever I would, there was a time where I almost got to my bed. Mm. I kind of just laid on the floor and just woke up the next morning. I'm like, oh, well, had a big fucking imprint from the carpet on my face that didn't go away until noon had many many times where my face looked like uh i had my skin grafted back on after being burnt (laughs) (laughs) uh oh yeah yeah i and i feel that that's religion right there i feel that religiously (laughs) i feel that religiously you want to well what's up what's up? i want to say that uh you know we're thing things you know things are shifting and moving with the show you know behind the scenes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh maybe there may be a change of date on when episodes would get released uh that'll be announced so if you follow our uh social medias uh, for Instagram, it's lobby underscore boys underscore podcast. Uh, you can email us at lobbyboyspod at gmail.com. Uh, our Twitter is lobbyboyspod. Uh, Facebook group is lobbyboyspodcast. Um, you can keep up to date on those. That way, uh, should uh, the, the date of the episodes being released change, yeah, you'll know then. Uh, people's schedules are changing. So uh, that may affect uh, the release day of the episodes. I'm going to try not to because I like to keep that 
that Wednesday. Wednesday's a good day because you know a lot a lot of podcasts come out earlier in the week. Mm. Uh, I like to I like to throw in Wednesday. Wednesday's a good day. Uh, you know, you're still kind of middle of the week. Yeah. Well, hump day. It's yeah. Get something to look forward to on a it's Wednesday. It's not the beginning of the week, but it's not the end of the week. Yeah. So it's the middle of the week. <clears throat> so even though seven doesn't divide evenly, it's okay though. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. It does not. It does not. That's why it's the hump. That's why it is the hump. Yeah. Uh, I would like to thank Daniel White for his cover art that has for us. Um, very awesome. Check out his uh, birds and boxes. Uh, pretty much anywhere you find birds and boxes, it's probably Daniel. Uh, check out his Etsy. Uh, he puts up uh, art all the time, does commissions. Check him out. Uh, and uh, our theme song, Way to Go performed by nothing but stars inside i uh, just put out some more music so check out uh nothing stars nothing in, uh, nothing but stars inside dot bandcamp.com uh check them out uh it's what six albums up there worth of music yeah, yeah. A lot of music. six albums uh and i i think i think we could probably tell the audience now what it um <clears throat> Bobby Boys uh, behind the scenes were currently in. I I would I would fairly call it still pre-production. Um, mm-hmm. We are currently in the process of not necessarily rebranding uh, Lobby Boys, but we're we're going to be bringing some new flavor mm-hmm. um, here soon at the at the end of the year. Um, There's going to be some surprises. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't want to say too much. I don't want to spoil too much. Um, but I think we we have some cool stuff coming to the table here soon. Mm-hmm. Um, very excited for it with uh, Terry getting better and me finally being able to wind back. Um, and hopefully, uh, with David's eventual return, mm-hmm. we'll uh, be able to get together and you know start getting the coals on the fire and really speeding up on it. But uh, yeah. I think uh, I'm, I'm excited over the. Um, course of the whether it's the end of the year or the beginning of next year um mm-hmm. you guys can look forward to um seeing some pretty cool stuff we're mm-hmm. gonna be doing so yeah look forward to that yes and yes lots again of, lots of lots of hot pokers in the fire lots of yeah, <laughs> hot pokers lots of hot pokers. hot pokers in the fire so uh again thank you all for tuning in for another episode and we will see you next time Yes. I have been Zach. I am Terry. And you are the audience. You are the audience. You are the Give audience. yourself a hand. <laughs> oh my God. Without the audience, there's no point. That's true. Well, I mean, I guess with no audience, it's what is what is this then? Just therapy? Could be, could be a little therapy, yeah, just chit chatty therapy. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I had a I had a dream a couple of nights ago that um, <laughs> you Naveed and I were all crazy, mm. and like the podcast wasn't even a thing. We just did this mm-hmm. like as like therapy, mm. like the like. 
our our audio was it's never uploaded anywhere mm -hmm. it's just we, we say just, what we need to say and then sitting around some some <clears throat> like hairbrushes being held up by like popsicle sticks yeah <laughs> it's just, just wild shit man <laughs> wild shit i've been having some weird dreams lately like really weird a couple of, it was that dream the lobby boys dream mm. that was last uh last thursday I haven't dreamed in a while. Mm. Last Thursday, like I like, just started dreaming again. It's out of the blue. When it, when it happens, it's a common theme with me. Like I'll stop dreaming for a while, mm. and then all of a sudden I'm having fucky weird <laughs> fucky dreams, man. <laughs> fucky dreams. Yeah, I like some of my dreams are like like cut scenes from a David Lynch movie. <laughs> I feel that. It's like not even David Lynch wants to be a part of this. <laughs> you know what that is? You know what that is? It's my what? life. <laughs>